today's podcast, I want to briefly talk about the learning styles of um, candidates we deal with. So I'm purely talking about the candidates we deal with. And after having dealt with over about 120 candidates, I think we have a pretty good understanding of you know what are common issues and what are not common issues. So I think candidates go through what I call four phases of their learning. So when they when they come to us, they are going through a phase called uninformed optimism. They're opti- they're obviously it's optimism because they think they can get into a consulting firm, so they're optimistic. It's uninformed because no matter how who you've spoken to, how much of your own training you've done, it's uninformed because you have no idea what it takes to get there. So it's uninformed because you don't know what's required, and it's optimism because you th- you feel you can make it. After they go through the screening process and after they start the training, I would say a period of uninformed pessimism sets in. It's uninformed because they are doing the best they can in the training with us, but we're constantly pointing out mistakes they're making. So it's uninformed pessimism because they know they're wrong and they're struggling with that, but they're not exactly sure why they're wrong. Uninformed optimism and uninformed pessimism is periods we are controlled. We must understand that. And this is a very important insight. We control it because at this stage, you don't know enough to be in control. We are the only ones who can tell you you don't know enough, and we are the only ones who can teach you what you need to know. So we drive the agenda. It's like someone who says, look, I want to go to... It's like someone who has never seen a map of anything, who's living in a tiny village in Ecuador. No offense to people in Ecuador. I can pick a tiny village from anywhere. Africa, Asia, wherever. Saying that I want to walk to Athens, Greece. But they have no idea how to do it. They have never seen a map. They don't know where Greece is. So at this stage, a candidate is a little bit like that person in the village. They know what they want to get to, but they have no idea how to get there. So that's why it's uninformed. Uninformed optimism because... Well, you know, the way most blogs are written is they make it so easy to get into management consulting. Follow steps one, two, three, and you're there. It's not like that. So this optimism is there. And then once they go through several cases with us and they fail them, and they fail most of them, it's uninformed pessimism. But the key insight is that we are driving the process here. Now, as we now, uninformed optimism, that period has passed. Right? You've 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 started the training, or you started doing the real work. Even if you're not working with us, you're working with someone, or you're doing your own preparation. As you go through the uninformed pessimism stage, you start learning. You start learning how to do the cases. And as you start learning to do the cases, you first know what you need to know, which is informed, and you start solving more and more cases. So you start getting to a period of informed pessimism. Informed pessimism is under your control. Because in a, under the informed pessimism stage, we give you a case, we get you to solve, and then we guide you through what mistakes you're making. We give you feedback. It is your responsibility to take that feedback, think about it, and apply it to a case. But only you can do it. We can't take the feedback for you, make you think about it, and teach you how to apply it. Even if we did it, you have to actually internalize this and use it. So that's under your control. And finally, informed optimism, right? You know, informed optimism is the point whereby you know what you need to know, you know what you don't know, but you know why what you don't know is not important. And you're optimistic because you know you can handle this. Four stages. The first two stages, uninformed optimism, uninformed pessimism, the candidate has no control over. We drive that. The last two stages, informed pessimism, informed optimism, the candidate drives it. Now, why did I go through this whole psychological description? Let me explain to you why. When we deal with candidates, 
I would say many of them focus too heavily on just learning hard skills. They want to learn every framework, memorize it, and just think they're going to solve the problem. The problem with that approach is that they've focused too heavily on hard skills, not knowing if hard skills is the problem. And secondly, they've not at all learned the art of learning. Most people don't know how to learn. Most people don't know how to take notes. They don't know how to summarize notes. They don't know how to take feedback in real time and apply it in real time. There are candidates who we've worked with. I will tell them not to do something. Literally, this is not an exaggeration, five seconds later they'll go make the same mistake. Fifteen seconds later they'll make the same mistake and ten seconds later they'll make the same mistake. So in like a thirty second period they've made the mistake four times. And you ask them, why did you do that? I forgot. You need to learn <coughs> how to capture feedback. And what I always tell candidates, every time you make a mistake, write it down on a sheet of paper. Write down the mistake. At the end of a training session, capture those mistakes onto one sheet of paper and bring it to you to your next training session. And your objective should be not to make that mistake again. If you continuously make the same mistakes, even though you're being told not to make them, it becomes a habitual that you'll make the mistakes and it becomes normal for you to do it. So, the moral of the, of the, of the podcast here is that before you begin your training, understand your learning style. Make sure you are the kind of person that when you get to the peer, when you get to the point whereby you are getting guidance from an experienced tutor, guide, or maybe a friend at your university, you are the kind of person who can take this, categorize it, archive it in your head, and use it. If you have poor learning habits, you can be sitting in front of the world's best trainer for co- for cases, but you can't do anything with it. And many candidates think, I just need exposure to the right approaches and I'll be able to solve it. It doesn't work that way. You have to be a good student as well. And to be a good student means you take good notes, you look at your notes, you internalize them, you summarize them, and you apply them. If you cannot be a good student, my advice would be first fix those problems and then go into case training. Everyone thinks the problem is that they just haven't seen some magical solution, but that's never it. Usually the problem is they're not a good student as well. Of course, no, we, have a few, we know a few people who are just terrible students and we really try to help them. But in most cases, it's a mixture of being a, a not such a great student. It's a mixture of getting poor advice. And it's a mixture of you know just not learning how to communicate well. But the point is, you have to have all three elements working as a you know, well, well-trained symphony. You cannot fix your case preparation unless you're a good student. A lot of it lies on your side, and you have to be willing to do that. So when you are working with someone, let's assume you have a colleague who's training your cases. Firstly, make sure they know what they're doing. I mean, I, let me tell you something. When we, at a period in March last year, we considered hiring more people to do cases, and I spoke to engagement managers from McKinsey and Bain, and let me tell you something. Just because someone's at McKinsey and Bain does not mean they know how to do cases. Firstly, and secondly, it does not mean they know how to train people. A lot of people should not be in consulting firms, secondly, firstly, or secondly, they just don't have the right attitude, or third, they don't have your best interest in heart. So make sure the person that you are training with, even if they're an ex-consultant, knows what they're doing, right? Make sure of that. Once you make sure you have the right person to train you, in terms of hard skills, make sure they are good coaches. Some people are just bad trainers. 
a lot of people write to us and say, you know, I want the McKinsey partner you guys are working with to to guide to guide us. And then I point to them, well, what if it's the Deloitte partner who has the best track record of placing McKinsey people? And I'll be honest, I never worked at McKinsey personally, right? But I've placed more McKinsey people than any of the other coaches in our program. But I'm not a McKinsey person. Why? Because if you work at the elite firms, they're all pretty much the same. And because I've worked with so many candidates, we understand what it takes to place people there. So distinguish between someone who's good at being a consultant and good who's and someone who's good at training consultants. Once you've done all those checks on the person that you are getting to to train you, then make sure you're a good student. Do not set up a training program and be ill-prepared. The person will never come back to train you. Make sure you're a good student and you can take the information you're given and work with it. I always tell people the story of the guy we placed after just eight lessons. Eight lessons we placed him at McKinsey in Chicago. We've never had a candidate be placed in so few lessons. Well, not exactly true. We had a, s- a couple of Stanford people have equaled that at eight lessons. But the point is, eight lessons is a really quick for us, right, to place someone. You, most people take 12, some people take 14 hours, some people take 16 hours. But eight is quick. He was a good student. Prepared, disciplined, diligent, took advice, listened to it, and acted on it. And that's what you need to be. When you prepare your case training. You have to understand your learning style, understand what is within the control of your trainer and what is within your control. Ultimately, everything is in your within your control, but you've got to guide your trainer to help you. If you're not sure of your learning style, my advice would be to arrange a session with someone who's pretty good or is going to give you a tough time and video record it on Skype. Once you're done, tape it and watch how you performed. You may be surprised to see how well you've done. Don't beat yourself up if you're a bad learner. Learning habits can be taught. I mean, that's not that difficult to do. But you must be aware that it could be a learning style issue that's affecting you from doing well in cases and not necessarily access to to the best coaches or to the best training material. Sometimes you can get by with average training material if you have a very, very good um, learning style. As always, if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to contact me.